We used to be best friends, used to do good things together Oh no, but no more My homie, buddy, cousin, it all just fell apart I'm sorry Nah, I'm not sorry It's just a distant memory, yeah, yeah Hello. Hey, what's up? Nothing. How are you? You know, that hello is as if you're trying to scare me. Hey, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) What have I done? I'm sorry. (laughs) I called bang on time. It was really on time. Yeah. Hey, what's good? (laughs) Nothing. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the Feeling Station. Thank you. For those listening to the podcast for the first time, it's a romantic family and friendship breakup podcast. Showcasing stories that people would like to talk about with the view to give you lessons from their experiences. I hope you find today's story entertaining, but more importantly, meaningful. And the podcast is popular for two main reasons. And um, the first reason is that I try and keep my guests anonymous. Which brings me to the fun part. Are you ready for this one, my friend? Yes, I am. So I'm giving you a name from Somalia. So uh, it's a Somali name and the name is Nala, which is N-A-A-L-A, Nala. My niece is called Nala. Oh, really? For real? (laughs) (laughs) That should be easy. Yeah, now now surprise me. Do you know what Nala means? Um, I think I do. Abundant blessings. Right. That, That must be in a different language, I think. In Zulu. In Zulu. Interesting, because this one in Somali means us. Pardon? It means us, US. Us. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, like me and you, you and the person you're going to talk about, uh, mm-hmm. you and your niece, you and your nephew, just us. That's what, so, 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 <laughs> yes. so I think it means it's got to do with togetherness, I think. Okay. Yeah. But that's a bit strange because we're talking about people that are no longer together <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Well, this one did a pro- did something to us, so I guess it works. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, nice. Okay. And what are you calling the, is it person, people you're talking about? Do they have a name? I think, I think I'll just call it Auntie B. Uh, oh, Auntie B, eh? Yeah, I think that's easier to remember for me. Mud. Okay, so this is about, <laughs> this is about Nala and Auntie B. And the second reason yes. why the podcast is doing great is there are real life lessons that people have learned from the story you're going to share. So what would you like people to go away with today? I think I have three or four lessons, but mm-hmm. let me see if I'm okay. Uh, the first one is don't expect people to do the things you'll do. So don't expect you from other people. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's a saying that goes do to others what you would have them do to you, right? But you're saying don't expect yeah. that. No, don't expect that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Next up. Okay. Then the next one will be walking away from something unhealthy is brave. Ooh. Tell me about it, Dave. So walking away from something is brave. Unhealthy is brave. Okay. Okay. Right. I forgot the unhealthy bit. Yep. Got a third one. 
the third one will be because your family doesn't mean you guys have to be in each other's lives. Yay. I think we've had this lesson before. <laughs> so blood ain't thicker than water for real. Like it's not. No, no like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make you family. <laughs> so I'll play that one, uh, those three lessons back. First one, don't expect okay. people to do what other, uh, well, uh, uh, let me try that again. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't expect p- other people to do what you would do. And then yes. lesson number two, walking away from something unhealthy is brave. And then lesson mm-hmm. number three, because you are family doesn't mean that you have to be in each other's lives. Yeah. Right. So let's get straight into it, Nala. Auntie B. Okay. How are you guys connected? Uh, Auntie B is a very, very close relative. Mm-hmm. So to make it simple, this is my father's sister. Oh, geez. That, that is like a proper auntie. Yes. Yeah. A okay, real so, relative. So your father's sister, um, my father's sisters were were cool, you know, and we were always in touch. We were each other's faces and families. Is that how your relationship with your auntie was, with Auntie B? Yeah, it was. It was a very great relationship, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a lot of great memories with her. I remember my first time when I went to school outside the country for my uni. Mm-hmm. When I came back for holiday, she brought all my favorite food. Like my favorite food is like, you know, those small little fish. Oh yeah. 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 Carpenter, yeah. Matemba. Yes. Yeah, Matemba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she bought a whole bucket for me. And this would happen <laughs> almost every holiday because she knew I really loved it. Did you just say a whole bucket of those little <laughs> sardine looking things? How much love yeah. do you have for these? Jeez. <laughs> I have I have great love for those things. I can literally eat them every day. You know, I can So not... she would bring them almost every holiday. Mm-hmm. I would come back home. Mm-hmm. So like I believe we had a very great relationship. Yeah. I remember coming back from school. Yeah. During COVID and I was on quarantine and I would run away from home to go and see her. Wow. That is that is some really good connection that you guys have there. Yeah. And then what happened? <laughs> and then um to okay, my dad got sick. So yeah. my dad got a flu. My mm-hmm. dad got a flu, a very simple flu. Mm-hmm. And then he went into hospital for a week. Mm. Before I even talk about going to the hospital, my dad worked for an organization that allowed them to get benefits for yeah, hospital yeah. benefits and stuff. Mm-hmm. So since my aunt, when we grew up, my aunt used to stay with us. My dad was taking care of her. He took her to school, you know, black tax business, mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. So my aunt was like, to say thank you, I wanted to put you on my medical aid. Okay. Yeah. 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 So my dad says, no, that's not necessary. I already have enough medical aid. Then my, my aunt was like, no, you would need it. Maybe one day you will eventually get to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my dad got a flu, a simple flu. He goes to the doctor. The doctor says, no, um, we need to admit you into hospital. So he goes into hospital mm-hmm. and he was in hospital for a week. And um, the medical aid was used for like the first three days. Yeah. And then after that, the medical aid doesn't work anymore. Wow. So, yeah, you know how things are. Mm. So we started paying out of pocket because the, that medical aid wasn't working. Mm. My dad's medical aid from work says you pay with your own money and then they'll reimburse you after. Right. Like yeah. the whole fiasco is done. Yeah, yeah after treatment. So, yeah. yeah. So after a week, my dad got out of hospital mm-hmm. and he hadn't really told anyone that he was in hospital because it's just a flu. 
So, uh-huh. so, uh, so, so where were people saying your dad was? Uh, it was COVID, so no one really cared. People just think that he's probably at home. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People were working from home, so he was probably working from home. That's why he wasn't really going to work a lot, because people were going to work by then, like twice a week or something. Mm-hmm. So he was at home for a week after the week he was in hospital. And then because his situation was deteriorating, uh, we decided that we needed to go look for a, a different doctor. My dad had been seeing a general practitioner. So we went and looked for uh, uh, what's this? a specialist. Mm-hmm. So we went to a specialist and the day we went to the specialist, it was like, let's just go and see and get like a second opinion on what's going on with him. So when we got there, the specialist was like, I can't allow you guys to go back home. Mm. This man has to be in hospital. Mm-mm. So um, he's like, right now, you guys, you shouldn't go back home. I've already called the hospital. They are expecting you. So go there right now. Mm. So he's like, these are my fees. You need to pay this money for him to be admitted. And you need to pay me so that I can also be able to visit him in hospital. And you need to do that today. So when we got to the hospital, they were like, we can't admit you into hospital without paying the money. Yikes. And they needed about like $150. And when we had left home, we we're just going to see a doctor, consultation, yeah. Yeah. nothing. So we didn't have money. So I called one of my dad's brothers who stayed in the same city. And I was like, ah, we needed some money. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, ah, I have like 100 bucks on me. And that's, I was like, it's not enough. I need more money. Then he's like, let me ask Auntie B. Mm-hmm. So he asked Auntie B. And then she says, I don't have money, but I will have to ask a friend. Mm-hmm. Then I guess she asked from a friend and then we came to the hospital, they came to the hospital and everyone was like, my dad was admitted. And then I guess they started telling the other brothers and the other sisters that my dad was in hospital. Mm. A few days after that, Auntie B texts my sister who's out of the country. She's like, I need the money back. Uh, I borrowed this money from a friend, what, what, what not, what not. Mm-hmm. And by the time my sister sent this money, there was something more pressing going on. So I used that money and I didn't give it back to her that I was wrong for doing that. But I did that for me. So taking care of my father was more important than giving her back her money. Right. That's, uh, that's what my question was going to be to say this thing that was more pressing. Was it related to your dad? And I think you've just answered. Yes. Yeah, yeah it was. Mm-hmm. So, um, did you tell her kept- though that, um, I've received the money and. I'm going to use it for this. Can I use it for this? Or you just went no, ahead and I, did it? No, I just told her that I would give her back her money later. That's okay, what I yeah, told her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't give it back to her then because there were other things that I needed to do. Then she was like, she, she just really just kept on texting. I really need that money. I really need that money. But knowing her again in my head, it's like whenever you ask for money from her, she never has money. She's one of those people. I do it sometimes when I know like you're someone who doesn't like paying back money. I'll tell you, I borrowed this money so oh, that you can yeah, yeah. think. No, mm-hmm. it's not mine. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like that was that's what she was doing. Yeah. So she really just kept on calling my sister and texting her that she wanted the money, but she eventually just, I guess she got tired of it, mm. of doing that. So um, my dad had been in hospital for two weeks now. And mm. um the doctor says that there's a major procedure that needs to be done, but because it's not doing too well, we'll need to wait till like, I don't know what they were waiting for. Yeah. We need to wait till he feels a little better, then we can do it. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting um, 
I was in constant communication with the doctor, waiting for him to text and say, so we're going to do it on such and such a day, you know. And my dad already given consent. We're just waiting for him to feel a bit better for it so that they could do it. And then I get a call from my cousin's sister. Mm. And then she says, ah, I hear the operation is tomorrow. Mm-mm. So I was like, uh, I don't know anything like that. Where did you hear it from? Then she's like, I heard it from Auntie B. Mm-mm. So I quickly pick up the phone. I call the doctor. I'm like, why didn't you tell us that the operation is tomorrow? The doctor says, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So now we're confused, like what's going on? Mm. So unfortunately, when people would ask, how's your dad doing? We would say he's much better because when you see someone every day, if he eats half a banana today and he eats a whole banana tomorrow, it's progress. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for people, they felt like we're trying to keep it as a secret. And sometimes there isn't anything to report. Honestly, mm. there's nothing to report. You can just say, ah, he's okay. He's alive. That's, that's all was going, mm. going on. Mm. So the rest of the family just thought you guys want to be secretive. That's crazy, man. Okay. Yeah. So I eventually got a call from another cousin brother of mine. And then he says, I hope you guys are not making decisions that are not for you. Then I'm, I was like, what do you mean? Then he's like, who approved for your dad to get the, the surgery? Then I was like, he did. He knows the pain he's in. So he knows what he wants. Then he's like, ah, I was just saying, cause... I just heard some stuff. I'm like, what did you hear? Then? I'm like, what did you hear? Then he's like, ah, Auntie B said some stuff. I'm like, what did he, what did she say? I didn't get an answer, but I already knew that something was going on. So Auntie B, by this point is becoming problematic. She is because whatever, the, the thing is she had a friend who worked in the hospital. So she would call this friend and get whatever information i don't know sometimes it would be lies because the only people were allowed to go and see my father were my mother and i because it was during covid so people were not allowed in hospitals Mm. and sometimes i would spend like the whole week without seeing him and then i would get a friend to sneak me in because they'll stay one person a day Mm. so would exchange with my mother so my mother would see him like four days and then probably i'll see him two days or something like that yeah So she was getting information from this friend and sometimes it would be lies. One day she calls one of her older brothers and she says, "Um, my dad called her, which is funny. My dad called her and he was crying and he said he wanted to get out of hospital and that the doctors were not taking care of him. What, what, what? So the brother calls me and says, what's going on? Give me the doctor's number. Mm. Then he gets the doctor's number. He calls the doctor. He shouts at the doctor. And now the doctor comes back to me asking, what did you say to your people? It's just a fiasco. Really is. This is crazy. (laughs) It was really a circus. So the doctor then calls and says, uh, the operation will be done the next day. So we obviously tell people because they've been waiting for it. Mm. The operation is done. Um, It was successful, I guess. And then, he's still in the hospital and there's like a lot of information that is wrong that is being passed by this nurse to auntie b or auntie b is exaggerating i honestly don't know what exactly was going on but there's a lot of things that you hear and you ask yourself "Mm, this didn't happen this didn't happen no there's a lot of things that are that are already wrong on so many levels yeah medical information from what i understand is private and confidential 
That's what we knew. Right. And so this nurse one should not have been disclosing any of that information. Exactly. Some, uh, un- unless it's either to the next of kin or somebody who's been identified as the person who should be told. But in the hospitals, your next of kin is only probably your wife yeah. and the daughter who's attending. So she's not really next of kin when it comes to this. No, 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 she isn't. Yeah. So there's everything she wrong wasn't. with this. So one, there's that there's that issue. And then secondly, there's the issue of the inaccuracy of the data on the information that was being passed on. So, so now you've just said you don't know whether it was the nurse who was giving false information or Auntie B. But between one of the two, giving inaccurate exactly. information about what sounds like a critical medical condition now is just the recipe for disaster on so many levels. It really was because now we're getting calls from the rest of the family acting like we were trying to keep my dad's condition as a secret or we wanted to keep him to ourselves. Like it was just a whole lot of unnecessary noise that we didn't need at that moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, after four weeks, like the fourth week on the Friday, my dad insists that he goes home. I guess he was feeling better. Mm. So he goes home and then Friday and Saturday, he spends the day calling his siblings and his friends, telling them to come and visit. Mm. And then on Sunday, Auntie B came with some of my dad's siblings, my mom's siblings, like quite a number of people at home. They saw him, he talked to them and okay. The, the, the surgery that had been done, my dad's leg had been amputated. So, they came, they saw all that, and his wound was still a bit outside. Like there was a whole lot of mm. unnecessary things that were going on with him. Mm-hmm. So he saw them on Sunday. And unfortunately, on Monday, he passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's okay. And I personally am someone who doesn't know how to deal with these things. So when it came to the funeral, I preferred to be the one running around getting ABC and done and stuff, organizing things because that means I don't have to spend time thinking about what has just happened. Mm. So, um, Auntie B comes, she's like crying, like, you know, that dramatic crying, throwing yourself on the ground, what, 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 shouting in the passage. So I called her aside. I was like, I think you should tone it down because if you do that, then you're going to make it worse for my mom. Mm. Yeah, I guess she didn't like that. Anyways, my dad was then buried and nothing happened for the next like two months. We didn't really, or actually something did happen. Mm. So after my dad was buried, um, I had a little book where I was writing like people we owed money and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was now time to give people back their money. Mm -hmm. So I went about giving people back their money. So I call Auntie B. I was like, Auntie B, um, are you there at your office? I wanted to give you back your money. Mm. Then she's like, what money? Then I was like, ah, the money we borrowed the first time we got into hospital. Then he's like, I don't need that money. I was doing this because I love my brother. Um, if you are going to be saying, come get your money, how, what are you going to do about the medical aid I was paying for you all these years? Aye. What not, what not? So as I told her, mm, I don't know anything about the medical aid. I can only speak for the money that we borrowed. But this medical aid business, I really can't speak about it because I don't know what the arrangement was. Yeah. They're just like, I've been paying medical aid for six years. Are you going to pay me back my premium? Are you going to pay me back the money that that he used when he was in hospital? Then I was like, honestly, 
I can't answer that. Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know. And then she just, she's like, go and give this money to so-and-so. And this so-and-so is much further than where she is. Mm. Yeah. So I just, I, I drove off and I went and gave this so-and-so who she wanted. Mm. So after two months, people meet, like the rest of the family meet so that they can distribute my dad's clothes, you know, tradition mm. and stuff. Mm. So people are sitting down. Uh, that's done. That went well. Mm. And then my, my mom takes the opportunity to thank the family and everyone in helping, praying, sending money, you know, a lot mm. of things that had been done when my dad was sick, even after he passed away. And then Auntie B starts again. Mm. I had been paying medical aid for six years. What are you going to do about it? I have calculated the money that you guys need to pay. What not, what not. And wait, now you can see. Well, like, wait a minute. Did did your dad use the, the the benefit of the medical aid? Is that the one that lasted three days? Yeah, he did. So I, I'm, three I'm, days I'm, out I'm, of I'm, like five weeks of hospital. I'm I'm really trying to understand what this woman was asking for because if you're paying an insurance premium, right? It's a policy to support you in the event of illness. Mm-hmm. So illness has occurred, so the benefit mm-hmm. has been used. So, yeah. so what are you asking for the money back for? If you're paying car insurance and you have a car accident, you don't then go to the, and then, and then you're given a new car. You don't mm-hmm. go and ask the insurance company for your premiums back, do you? You don't. Because the benefit has been realized. You now have a new car. So exactly. for your dad's situation, the benefit has been realized because he was able to have hospital care for, 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 for whatever length, three days yeah. it was. For three days. Mm-hmm. So what is she really asking for? I honestly don't know. I think it was just about making noise. I don't know. I can't give an answer as to what the problem was, but this medical aid issue went on for a very long time. And at that day she was like, I want my medical aid card back, but honestly, no one else can use it because it's got the face of the person who it belongs to. Mm. She's like, I need it back. And she's like, what are you going to do? I've been paying premiums for like six years. Um, now that you wanted to, you wanted to give me back my money. Now you're talking about this. I want my 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 money back. So one of the brothers says, "No, this is not the place for this. Mm. Like you're really just stressing people here. This is not the place for it." Then she's like, "No, um, we need to talk about this." And then one of the pr- brothers pulls her outside, and I don't know what they did there. And then they come back. So now everybody's just going to eat, and then she comes and sits next to my sister. And then she says, um, I wanted to let you know that um, I think it's easier to say it in my language. Mm-hmm. And then I'll try and direct translate. She's, she's like, If I say it in English, it won't really sound the same, but yeah. it's like yeah. the grudge that I had, I'm now letting it go. Mm-hmm. So my sister is like, I didn't even know that she had a grudge. Then she's like, I'm just telling you. So all of us are amazed, like, what does this mean? And you know, in Shona, that really means more than it means in English. Mm. It's not just a grudge. It becomes mm-hmm. something totally different. It's, it's, it's like the hatred I had for, for you. you yeah. know, I've, I've set you free of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So she then she says, then she comes to me. She's like, Nala, I wanted to let you know that you guys are going to look for me. You will need me and you will not find me. Mm. Then I was like, what do you mean? And then she's like, one day you want to get married and you'll look for me. So 
I just looked at her and then, you know, I went to one of her brothers and I was like, this is what she says. And funny thing is like her brothers really make her, make her like she's the last one. She's not the last one, but they mm. really treat her like a child, whatever she says goes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what she said. And then they left. And since that day, we've never seen her again. And this is like almost, this is like three years now. I remember meeting her in town I think last year or something, she literally took the other way because she didn't want to greet me. No way. No, she won't greet. She won't say anything. She doesn't talk to anyone literally in the family. She won't even come and check up on her brother's wife. And what is the reason for this behavior? I, at this point, I really don't know. I don't think I will like really find out, but she's always been, that person, like she even once had a squabble with my mom. Uh, like she will, if she wants something in the in our culture, if I want something for my brother, mm. I first have to ask his wife, not him. Mm-hmm. So if she wanted something, she'll go straight through my dad and say, I want ABC. And my dad will go out of his way, drive kilometers to go and give her whatever that she wants. So one day my mom goes to her and says, no, this is wrong. If you want something, especially if it's kitchen stuff, you can't mm-hmm. be asking your yeah. brother. You ask me. Yeah. And then she was like, no, this is my brother. I do what I want. Then my mom says, no, this is my husband. Is she married? She, she, she is. She's married. And, and she's I, married. And, and I asked that question because how would she feel if her husband was just taking all of her favorite stuff from the kitchen you see? and just letting anybody have it at any time? I don't think it's stuff that you would think of. Like you just don't look at yourself in that light. You can do whatever that you want to do, but you 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 don't want to think if someone would do this to me, how would I feel? So does the rest of the family know that she avoids them or it's just more directed towards you? Uh, my sister noticed mm. the eldest sister, the one she says she keeps the, she she's not keeping the grudge anymore yeah. because she says that she she also met her in town and she tried to greet her and uh, it didn't work out. But these ones have had a squabble for quite a long time. No, they've had beef for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've had for a very long time. Right. For me, I don't know what the beef is. I think I'm still trying to figure that out. But I guess I'll never find out. Maybe I did say something that annoyed her along the way, but it started around my dad's sickness. This sounds to me like um, she feels she is due uh, financial compensation for the contribution she made over a six-year period. But you weren't asked to make that contribution. Yeah. And uh, yeah. She, I don't know. She doesn't see that way. Doesn't see that I way. I guess <laughs> she will eventually have to see it that way. Or in, in as much as she doesn't see it that way. Remember when she said that when I tried to give her back her money, she yeah. was like, she was doing this for her brother because she yeah. loved her brother. Mm. So if, you, if you're doing it because you love your brother, mm. why can't this insurance thing be about loving exactly. your brother? Exactly. In, in fact... That's the first loving thing that she she did. And then your your dad even said, oh, you know, you don't need to do this. But then she's like, no, I'm doing it because, you know, it's it's my way of saying thank you. Exactly. So now you have said your thanks. Why do you still feel the need to say that 
you want it back? What are you going to do about it? It almost makes me feel like whenever that was being done, when she was making those payments, it really wasn't out of love. No, I don't think it was. Hmm. I don't think it was. Does it bother you that you guys don't talk? Because remember, this is the aunt that used to give you all of those tiny fishes that you'd finish bucket <laughs> loads of every holiday. <laughs> I think it does. It does bother me a bit, yeah. but I think a part of me now has accepted because if you, okay, I might not be that important to you, but I'm looking at it as a point of my mom took care of you. Yeah. She what? She probably was foregoing a lot of things mm -hmm. for herself so mm -hmm. that my dad could take you to school. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the decency to just come say hi, to check up on her, yeah, um, stuff like that, what are you trying to say? Is it even worth it to even say that you are a relative? No. Or the relationship ended because my father passed away. Because there are some relationships like that. That when... Funny enough, I was just thinking that because I know somebody whose relationship with um with his dad changed after his mom passed away. You see. Um, and it's, so it's starting to feel like maybe it's not unusual, but it doesn't mean that it has to happen. All it, it means is that the other person might have been, you know, it just means that maybe Auntie B was faking the relationship and love she had for you the whole time so that she would be close to your dad or remain close to your dad. I guess so. And she could get whatever that she wanted. Hey, I'm sorry to hear this, man. I guess, like, he, my dad would have been the glue in this situation, and now it's gone. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't feel the need to care anymore. Maybe she does care deep, deep inside. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess she's got it. Sometimes when you've got a grudge, you don't know how to behave. Yeah. I'm sure. You I'm, behave weirdly. I'm sure your mom has noticed, though, no? She has. She has. She actually sent her message and asking uh, if and she was like, did we fight or something? And then she's like, no, I still love you. I will come and visit. And that was it. It ended in that text. Mm. What a damn shame. What an absolute yeah. shame. But, but the lessons do come alive. You know, number one, don't expect other people to do what you would do. So, yeah. you know, by you keeping a list of all the people that have supported financially, and that you felt needed to have their money back. She was part of that crew. Yeah, she was. And, and you were probably doing this because you would probably like to have your money back if it was promised. Yeah. You know, so you I were doing so. what you were expecting would happen to you, but then the response was just weird. And then number two, walking away from unhealthy um, relationships is brave. In this instance, are we talking about her or talking about you? I think it was us as a family yeah. necessarily because I could have kept on looking for her. Mm. I know where she works and I have a friend who works in the same building and I'm literally there almost every week visiting my friend and it won't take me like 10 minutes to just go up to her office and say hi. But I, we've been staying in the same city for like three years since then and I haven't seen her, which is not normal. It, it is not normal. But it, it is what it is. What an absolute shame. Absolute shame. And then the last one that came up, because your family doesn't mean that you have to be in each other's lives well. It looks like the yeah. decision was made by her that she wasn't going to be in any of you guys' lives anymore. 
yeah, maybe we did something to her. I guess maybe she'll come to you one day and tell you that. Ask her to holler. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be more than happy. <laughs> and, you know, in a funny way, it's it's easy for, for us to say, okay, um, she's really wrong for doing this, this and that. But, yeah. But, you know, death has a weird way of making people behave in ways that would consider strange. Because it's the single most painful event a human goes through. It gives a whole new meaning to the word, I miss someone because they've gone and they don't come back. Yeah. And for some people coping with that is difficult and, and they don't know how to cope. That is true. You know, for all we know, maybe you guys remind her so much of a brother, she would rather be aware until she's dealt with it on her own. I don't know. But the, I think you know, all if of these you are just say something like it's a possibility, but I think it's easier when you say like how you feel. I don't necessarily need to see you, but I, I she could possibly send a message and say, you know, you guys really remind me of your father. And yeah. at this point, I feel I need some space, some time away. I'm not trying to run away from you guys, just to bring clarity to the situation so that we, we also know what's going on. But I think we're now also at a point where it's okay just stay wherever you are. Yeah. We don't need you since you don't need us also. Hey, what a shame, Nala. I'm sorry, man. You know, and now it's it's funny how the meaning of your name, Nala, in Somali means us. Because this is not just something that has impacted you. It's impacted your whole family, your whole family unit. You don't have yeah. that connection with Auntie B. We don't. Well, I secretly hope that one day she will come right back around because you guys definitely had a close connection and maybe she'll have an explanation as to what happened. So if you could find it in your heart to be receptive, I hope you can be at the time, if that ever happens. Because you never know. You know, maybe she might have been grieving and and she eventually she'll have herself come together. Yeah, that's true. I guess it will take a long time before yeah. you actually find it in your heart to yeah. forgive and... Because you want to put two and two together as to what's happening, what was happening then. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, thank you for so much, Nala. Uh, for those who've been listening to uh, this episode, the three main lessons, once again, don't expect other people to do what you would do. Lesson number two, walking away from something unhealthy is brave. And number three, because your family doesn't mean you have to be in each other's lives. You've been listening to another episode of The Feeling Station. I'm your host, Tinto, and I will catch you in next weekend's episode. Yeah, yeah.